Well, praise God. It's Resurrection Sunday, and um, and oh my goodness, what a what a, it's when I look outside today, like here in Hamilton today, what's the date? The 9th of April. You look outside, and what do we see? We see the sun shining. The sun shining, it's beautiful, it, it looks amazing. And I don't know about you, I kind of it's kind of strange. It's I'm like, what happened to summer? Like, uh, here we are. If you're watching this back, maybe you're, you're in the future, you're watching this back, you found us on YouTube. Well, we're, New Zealand's had this weirdest summer where just, we've had like the most rain in January. I think Auckland had the most gen- rain it's ever had um, and so forth. And we're just down the road from Auckland and this, it's been so wet. We've had cyclone after cyclone. We might as well be in the Pacific Islands uh, with the weather that we've had and lots of sun. And next year not, daylight saving came to an end. I was saying it came to an end. The sun's just starting to come out. And we're heading into autumn. So what does that what does that tell us? What does autumn tell us? It, t- it tells us that that um, the days are going to be shorter, nights are going to be longer, right? And we're, we're and what's coming? Winter's coming. And when winter comes, what happens when winter comes? This I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like I long for the summer, for the warm summer nights. I long for the sunshine. But this is what we do know at the end of what, what happens at the end of winter. What do we start to notice when we start walking around the streets and when I'm driving down the road? In fact, when I look outside my house, what do we see? We see these bright pink blossoms blooming, right? They're just blooming. And, and, um, what, what, and what does it tell us? It tells us that the winter is not forever, right? That summer is coming. And that's the hope of the resurrection. And this is what we celebrate. See, because the pain and the sorrow that we all go through are just for a season. That's good news. And maybe that's good news for someone who's just listening to this right now. You're going through some pain. You're going through some sorrow right now. And it's good to know that that is just a season. That what you see right now, your current condition is just a season. But in Christ, the light will always shine in the darkness. And there is always hope before us. See, when we see these bright pink blossoms what does it do for us psychologically? I know what it does for me. It just reminds me that winter is not eternal, right? It, I can point to it. I can look. Summer is coming. You know, I can point towards it. And that's what the resurrection is all about. So as we get into scripture today, we're going to go, we're going to pick up right at the cross. So if you've got your Bibles, um, turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. We're going to have it there on your screens as well. And we're going to go right. And so we're going to write. Uh, at the cross, verse 55. And I'm going to read it. Here we go. And there were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Now, these three women are identified here in this story and, and, they're, and, they're, and they played an important part. Some of these, these women were, were wealthy and they helped support Jesus ministry but it's but when we read when we read this and it's so easy for us just to, to read over it and just keep going on into the story but it's really significant for a number of reasons and because at the cross we see disciples of Jesus and they are women right who's not there it's the male disciples you know where are they where do they go I mean they haven't been present during any of the execution when did they abandon Jesus they bailed on Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane the last night. So Jesus, Jesus had, had a large amount of disciples outside of the 12. He had the 12, right? There was the 70, there was the 300, there was, there was the 3. So he had a large amount of disciples. And, and this was incredible because it was, it was a, a large co-ed group, right? It's a lo- large 
co-ed group. And these women, right, these female disciples, they were faithful to Jesus. And, and these were the ones that we owe thanks to, right? Because without them, we, we wouldn't have this story because they are eyewitness um, testament. They, they give us an eyewitness testament to what happened at the cross. And if it wasn't for, for these women, we wouldn't have the story of the cross. We wouldn't have the details. Because these women stayed faithful and they stayed with Jesus all the way through, all the way through the whole crucifixion. They watched Jesus die and they saw his body placed in a tomb. And they've seen the way the Jewish leaders did their best to make sure that this Jesus movement is erased and forgotten in history by sealing up the tomb and placing guards. So you can, you can just imagine these women who've seen all this, who's, who've seen Jesus being crucified, who've seen Jesus die, who've seen Jesus placed in the tomb, and they're watching all this go down, and, and, and you're just going, yep, that's just how the world is. That's just how things are. It's nice to dream about the fact that it could be different. And Jesus helped us foster this dream for a while. But that was fun. But now we're brought back to reality. Here's the thing, whatever the, the Christian message is, it's not a pipe dream. It's not pie in the sky. The Christian story looks right in the face of the worst tragic evil that our world knows, and it actually embraces it. Jesus died the death of a criminal, and, a and, and he died the death of a, of a rebel, and as an innocent man. And these women, what are they supposed to think? <laughs> They've followed Jesus. They've heard his message. They've heard him say all these amazing things, that he, he is the resurrection and the life. But, the, res but the, life, the resurrection life can't die, and they've seen Jesus die. So what are they supposed to think? I guess we'll just go home, and, and I'll learn how to cope. Right? I'll just learn how to cope. And, and that's about the best of what many of us do, right? I mean, we all, I mean, we all get hurt. You've been hurt. You've been hurt really, really bad. And there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of loss. And you just find a way to cope. You've got to find a way to cope. This is how we get through this world. We've just got to find a way to cope. And for many of us, that's what it means to be human. But to be a disciple of Jesus is to do something crazy. It's to choose to believe that the vision of this world isn't actually the real world. I mean, it's real and it happens, but it's not the most true thing about this world, and it's certainly not where this world is heading. So as we pick up the story again in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. So Jesus has been placed in the tomb, and three days has passed. Now after the Sabbath, Sabbath is, is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, the dawn of the first day of the week, Sunday morning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see, to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Rolled back the stone. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. And I love this because Jesus actually told his disciples that, hey, I'm going, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to, I'm going to die. But three days later, I will come back to life. And they didn't get it. And, 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 and these women didn't get it either, even though he told them. 
And so the disciples just reminded them, remember, as he said, he's going to come back to life, remember? Verse 7, then quickly, he said, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, where you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. What are they feeling? What are they feeling? This is so important. What are they feeling? See, Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, Matthew's trying to capture this, this one emotion. And he uses two words. He uses two words to describe this one emotion. What are they feeling? They're feeling fear and joy. This one emotion. Fear and joy. It's not like the, the, they're afraid and, and then as they're, they're running along, they got happy. That's, n- that's not what he's, that's what he's saying. That's not what, what he's trying to say. This, is, this, one, this one emotion that they're terrified and full of joy. Terrified and full of joy. Verse 9, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hi. He met them and he said, Hi. Right? And, 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 and greetings is what's what is used in most translations. And, and the Greek word is just this normal word that we would just use for hi. It's just this basic word hi. So they're running and they're terrified with joy, whatever that means, right? And then Jesus pops up and says, hi. Right? It's just it's incredible when you when you think, hi, how's it going? So and what do they do? They just they go on, they, they they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Right? And they've They've just seen Jesus, the risen Jesus. And he says, hi. And, and when we read the story, Jesus, and then the many of us, Peter goes on and sees him. And then, and then James sees them, and, and then many others go and, and see them. And he has meals with them. He's, he's cooking fish, and he's doing all these things. And, 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 and there's no categories for this, for what has just happened. Because, see, when, when we look at these ancient stories, we, we, we look at the ancient stories written by the Jews, written by Greeks and Romans. There's many ancient stories about people who, who see their loved ones after they died. They've seen them either in visions or in a dream or, or even as ghosts, right? And, we, and even today, right? We, we, how many times have we heard a story? Maybe you've, heard, you've seen a loved one after they've died. They've died, you've dreamed about them, or you've seen a vision of them, and, and you, know something, you know something about it. But here's what's common on all those stories, about the ancient stories, and about and our, our own experiences. Those people remain dead. They're still dead. Well, this is a totally new category. They're having so they've seen this risen Jesus that he is alive. And because here's the thing: ghosts don't eat food. They certainly don't sit down and eat fish with their friends. That that Jesus is risen. There's a tomb that is empty. And in the Bible, there's many stories of of people being resurrected back to life. We've got stories of Elijah and Elisha. Jesus, there's, there's many stories of Jesus bringing back people back to life. He brings his good friend, Lazarus, who's been dead for, um, for, um, for many, how many days is it? Four days? Four days. He's been there for four days. Thank you. Good, good to have some good people here, Bible knowledge in the room here. Four, four days. He's, and he brings them back to life, right? But here's the thing. All these people that came back to life, they go on, they die again. Jesus, Jesus is a totally... This is what this this story is utterly unique. It's utterly unique. Even throughout ancient literature, there's nothing like it. It is so unique that Jesus is alive. 
Because Jesus didn't die. He didn't, didn't die again. He rose again and he's still alive. So what is this story saying? It's saying that the way that God brought summer into a world of winter is very surprising. This new creation burst out of the tomb. And nobody had categories for this. They're just confused. What's going on here? What's, what's happening? And the disciples experienced a version of this world like everybody else has about death and about pain and about loss. But all of a sudden, you have to rethink your whole life. And that's what Jesus does when, when, when you encounter Jesus. You have to rethink your whole life and what's happening. Because apparently, this is the kind of world where the machine of selfishness and sin and injustice just annihilates people. So what does this mean for us? It means that those machines of sin and evil, they don't get the last word. We think we know what kind of world we're living in. and It's a world where people die tragically and where loss is what's normal. It's a world where someone is super healthy, then all of a sudden they just, they just drop dead because of some unknown heart condition that, we, that no one saw coming. It's a world where cancer is ever present and we've all felt and we all know someone who has gone through this tragic um, experience of cancer. For many of us, we look at even our last seven days, and we look at even how we've been treated in our workplace, and even within our families, and it's been unfair. And we're very tempted to read the teachings of Jesus and go, well, that's just a nice idea. If only the world was really like that. But this is what this, the resurrection story is doing. It's inviting us in to say, well, actually, that's not the full story. Well, actually, that's not the end of the story. That's not the way the world is. And, and that is not who you are. In fact, you're a glorious human being made in the image of God. And that is who you are. And this is what the story is reminding you of who you are. The story is telling us that even our own failure and even the, the evil in this world is, does not have the last say. So how do we know that? How do we know that? Well, we've got these pink, bright blossoms in our, in our garden. And there's this empty tomb. And it reminds us that the resurrection is here. So when you're tempted to think that this is my lot, or this is all my lot in life, this is, this is who I am, you can point to this thing that exists in history. You can point to this bright pink blossom. You can point to the empty tomb. You can, and the book of Acts tells us that over 500 people saw the risen Jesus. It's the birth of the Jesus movement. So this is mind-boggling. Why did this Jesus movement not die out? Like half of these other strange religions throughout the, the first century of the Roman world. The reason why it didn't die out, the reason why we're still saying his name today, it's because of what these people saw. It's because of who they saw. The people that re-engaged with the message after the resurrection, most of them died. Most of them were killed. N not for what they believe, because people die for what they believe all, every, every day, every time, all the time, should I say. They died for what they believed they saw, a resurrected Savior. And here's the thing, it all comes down to the way that Matthew describes their response. See, because you thought your whole, your whole life and the whole world was one thing, and, and then in a moment, it's just when you encounter Jesus, it's all blown apart, and, and you have to rethink everything. And, and, and what does that feel like? And how does Matthew describe it? It feels like this one emotion 
fear and great joy. And even, even my watch is telling me that. You're right? It's funny, Ziri, you know, anybody got these, these smart watch something? They're not that smart. <laughs> Thank you, Ziri, for telling me that. Hey, let, let me tell you something about Ziri. Whenever I want something, I say something, doesn't, Ziri doesn't listen to me. So when I don't talk to her, then she wants to talk to me. Anyway, kind of reminds me of my kids. Anyway. So what does this feel like? What is, what, is, what is this motion? It feels like fear and great joy. And, and when I ponder on this, when I think about fear and great joy, this one emotion, and, and it takes me back to when my child was born. When my child was born. Uh, when, when my child was born. The moment my child was, cons- was born, it, came, it burst life into this world. I was filled with, with terror and great joy at the same time. And I wasn't the one giving birth. I wasn't the one giving birth. And I remember like cutting the cord, cutting the cord. I was like, I was like, I'm so, I absolutely I want to do that. But I am like cutting this. I'm so afraid. I'm so terrified. But I'm just filled with this emotion and then it fills me. And then I'm holding this tiny human being in my arm that I had some part in creating. And, 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 I'm, I'm, and I'm fearful that, that I'm going to hurt. I'm, I'm, and, but I'm, I'm filled with joy at the same time. And, and, and this, is, this is when I think of this one emotion, this, this fear and great joy. And this is what filled me. I was terrified, but I'm holding this child and it fills me with great with, with, with joy. But this is a healthy form of fear. And this is the fear that pushes me to guard and to protect. This is what it does, and, 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 and it pushes me to do all that I can to live a life that is responsible. I want to live a life that's responsible. I've got this little child. Here's the thing. When this, when this child was born, this is what I realized. I realized that I'm no longer the most important person in the world. <laughs> right? And this is what happens. You know, I'm no longer the most important. This child is the most important person in the world. And, 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 and I'm filled with fear and I'm filled with great joy. And, and it pushes me to be a person that's responsible. I'm responsible for this child and I'm going to do all that I can. And this is what it does. It, 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 it blows my categories. It changes me. And, and I love, the, and, and I love the, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. Puts it like this in Colossians 1 verse 10. He says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. I love that. The resurrection of Jesus is saying, there's a different way. There's a different kind of hope. Because when you realize that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future, when you realize that, it fills you with this one emotion, right? You realize, oh my goodness, that, that, that oh yes, I've got this past, but it doesn't have the final word. But I've got this future. I've got this future and it does something to me. I'm filled with this fear and this great joy and it transforms the way that I think. That my life matters. Your life matters. And I will take responsibility for my life to live a life that is worthy and pleasing to God. That my life matters. And I will take responsibility for my life to live a life that is worthy and pleasing to God. Fear and joy. It's this powerful emotion. That comes from the resurrection power. That, that my life does matter. That, that my past, my past does not have the final say. It doesn't have the final say. You know, the devil may be, may be a comma in the sentence of life, but it's not a full stop. The devil's not the full stop. 
You know why? Because there's this pink, bright blossoms on my tree. Because there's this empty tomb. Maybe there's some issue in your life, and I don't know what that is. Maybe there's some relationship you need to get right, and some relationship you need to get out of, or maybe there's some character flaw, or there's this behavior, and you're like, well, that's just how it is. Well, the resurrection of Jesus says, no. That's now how it has to be. Are you open to change? Are you open to allow the resurrection power to open a new future for you? Because your life matters. It's time for you to take responsibility to live a life that is worthy and pleasing to God. Because every saint has a past and every sinner has a future.